You're listening to the Bags and Platt Podcast. Welcome to the Bags and Platt Podcast. We have a very special guest today. Boston College head coach Jeff Halfley joins the show. We are. How are you, Jeff? Good. What's going on? Coach, coach, uh, so appreciate taking a few minutes to come on with us today. Really appreciate it and how busy this time is with recruiting and and uh, and everything you're doing as a as a head coach. But I got two quick ones for you. My first one is uh, everyone really commended your decision on on backing out of the bowl game due to due to COVID. So my first quick one is how are, how are you and your family doing, and how are the players doing with the COVID pandemic? I'm good. Uh, my family's still doing well. You know, luckily no one's been affected. The team's doing pretty well. Everybody's back. Um, everybody came back from break. We had that nice long break. Since we decided not to play in a bowl game, you know, the guys were pretty worn down physically and mentally. And, you know, of the 9,000 tests that we had, we had one positive towards the end of the year on a kid who went home over Thanksgiving. But they're all back now. I think we have one more round of testing that we did this morning. And if everybody comes back negative again, we'll start workouts and try to battle through this thing and until we uh, until we all get vaccinated, I guess. That's awesome, Coach. We're in the middle of a blizzard right now. We can't even go to Davy's Locker and get a Steve special. It's uh, Dude, I haven't been to Davy's. <laughs> I, I wish I could go to Davy's Locker. That I'll I tell know. you that was our that was our favorite place forever growing up. It's been it's been a long time. Shoot, I haven't been back to Jersey really since I moved back. I went when I got back to Columbus. I I think I went a little bit, but when I was in California, I rarely made it back. And now that I'm close, man, I thought I'd be driving out and hanging out there and seeing my family and, and friends all the time. I hear you. I hear you. Well, when you were in Columbus, I heard. I, I know you were hitting the varsity club at least. But I got. I, I got to bring up. I got to bring up one thing before we get to your incredible resume and your, your great program that you're building now. And um, you know, growing up, those nights at La Trenta and Memorial Field. Um, I know a lot of a lot of us around here are just pulling for you. That I mean, even my dad rooted against Notre Dame just to. See, see you do well at, at BC. Can you just bring up a couple things about you know growing up as a Mustang and in the Montville area, and just you know maybe bringing some of those values that you learned as a kid into your coaching career today? Tell me about that. Yeah, no, I mean those honestly, all those things are really what shaped what I wanted to do, right? Whether it was playing football at La Prenta or just spending all day at Memorial Field at all the baseball fields down there. Um, you know, great friends from all those guys. We used to play in the small library field that's probably not even there anymore. Uh, you know, my dad was heavily involved in the MAL, really involved, probably wore my mom out, probably spent more time there than he did <laughs> at home. Um, but I can remember too, like Ryan, just even – like, all I did growing up, I went to Patek Hills basketball games, and I went to Patek Hills football games and baseball games where, you know, I probably was in that gym from the time I could walk watching. And, like, honestly, you were at every event, even if you had no affiliation. I remember you being at every one of my games. <laughs> that's it. And that, but that's true. And that's, you know, that's credit to my dad, and, and we spent a ton of time together. And, like, I would not wear green growing up because it was Patek Valley. And I painted my room orange because I just wanted to be a cowboy. And, you know, I like that was my whole life. And I remember watching you play. Like, seriously, and I'm not, like, saying this because I'm on. Like, I remember watching you spin down the baseline, make a play. I, I seriously can, in my mind right now, remember you 
faking a spin, falling back and hitting a jumper on the baseline that I swear to you, I would practice in my driveway. Like, so for me, as a young kid, like, all those guys were all the guys I looked up to. So just playing there and, and growing up watching it, it's all I wanted to do. I wanted to coach. I thought I'd be a high school coach and teach, and somehow I got into college and then the NFL and kind of never looked back. But it's guys like you and older guys that I watched, my brother's class, his friends that, I loved it, man. That's why Hills not playing Valley still kills me because we should all be going back to those games. And and the name changes on the mascots and everything else that's going on is kind of crazy right now, too. Yeah, I can't even believe that they're not the Cowboys and Indians anymore. I respect it, but it is it is it is what it is. But you know, yeah, these, but are, those were, these are the times we're in. Great times, no doubt about it, man. So hey, those were great times. And honestly, like anytime I'm home or recruiting New Jersey, I always drive by all those fields and. You know, my dad's not around anymore. He passed away um, about 10 years ago. And, you know, just a lot of good memories and just really appreciative of how I grew up and just love sports, man. It was awesome. So you, you talked, you just mentioned the word recruiting. And I know that, you know, you, you just got done with it and the process is probably ongoing. How much has the recruiting process differed this year with COVID? Because you probably want to be sitting on a couch looking at a recruit, you know, face to face in the eye. What's it been like with that process, with everything that's going on with the pandemic? It's been hard. And, and a lot of people are probably making it out to be a little bit more than it is. I think, you know, not meeting the guys is, is obviously been really hard for me. Like our guys, we just had like 14 kids come in early, enrolled early. And it's the first time I really ever met them in person, met them face to face. So that's the hard part. You don't really get to meet someone, shake their hand, look them in the eye, sit down with their family. Um, shoot, some of them, I don't even really know how big they were until we get there. We tried to get videos of them. We tried to get extra pictures of them. Um, but the face-to-face, that's been hard. Um, you know, just you got to be creative. You got to get videos of these guys doing different things. You got to spend a lot of time on Zoom with them and their family, getting to know them and trying to show them what you got. But at the same time, I got to figure out these kids fit us as well. Um, but everybody's in the same boat. It just kind of hurt us because – I had just got here and, and really I had not been on the road recruiting. So I think we did pretty well and I think we'll continue to get better. Coach, I heard you got a great recruiting class coming in and uh, all, all the luck to you in the ACC next year. Um, I saw somehow you're going to Clemson for the third straight time on the road. I was hoping to see you guys up there. but I, fi- what, I, what, I figured maybe you had something to do with that one. We uh, <laughs> what What they did was they just I guess they just said, like, last year just didn't exist. So they kind of erased that and said, we'll go on to what would be. And, yeah, we'll go down to Death Valley again and see if we can finish it off this time. Coach, I, I see I, – you know, I see your resume and I see you've been in NFL locker rooms and I've seen you've been in big-time uh, college locker rooms. What would you uh, – how would you compare – the coaching experience from, say, when you were with the Bucks or, or the Browns uh, to the Ohio State Buckeyes and now at a head coaching job at a big-time school at Boston College, how would you compare that transition from NFL to college? Yeah, you know, a lot of people will say that, you know, when they ask me, hey, should I go to the NFL? Well, I like coaching in the NFL, and I heard you can't really coach those players and tell them what to do, and I, I don't believe that. I mean, I was 30 years old, and you mentioned the Bucks. I was coaching Rondé Barber, who was 37. 
And he kind of took me under his wing and which helped get me street cred right away. But I'll never forget. He told me all the real pros, they want to be told what to do and how hard to do it. And he's right. If you develop a relationship with guys and they know, you know what you're talking about and you can explain why you're doing it and you have their back. Those guys just want to be coached from literally from two years ago when I was coaching Richard Sherman in San Francisco. Um, they want to be coached. The real guys will text you late at night and ask you what to work on and how to practice look and, you know, whether it was Revis or Hayden or Sherm or any of the real good, good players I've been around, um, it was awesome. And then, you know, going to Ohio State, just in my one year coming back, they're just younger. And, um, you know, they, they still – you know, I had Chase Young and Jeff Okuda and Damon Arnett who were all first-round picks uh, last year, I guess. But, you know, all the great ones I've been around, they have that special mindset where they just want to get better and they want to continue to work. And I just think as long as you, you can develop relationships with people, they trust you, and you know that uh, they know you love them and care about them, I don't think there's a big difference. So it's been really, really a good experience for me, and I've been really fortunate to be around a lot of good ones. Yeah, I was actually going to ask you, like, do you feel being a, such a young coach uh, at the, you know, at an elite college program, and then obviously your experience in the NFL, if you're constantly trying to prove yourself, but it sounds like, you've had some great people take you under your wing and the establishment is there, right? Like you're doing what you're doing day in and day out and you're earning these guys respect. Yeah. I think when I was younger, truthfully, like my first day in the NFL, I felt, yeah, like I think my room, I had Rondé Barber and Aqib Tlaib and, you know, then Deshaun Goldson and some really good players. And, you know, I was young and I had no NFL experience and it was a guy like Rondé who kind of gave me that street cred. And then, from there, I went to Cleveland with the Browns, and, you know, it helped. I had coached those guys, but then I had – then I took Joe Hayden to Sean Gibson and Dante Whitner my first year there. All three went to the Pro Bowl. So after that, it was kind of like, like, look, the guy coached Revis. He coached Rondé Barber. Then he just took three guys to the Pro Bowl. By the time I got to the 49ers, I felt like people looked at that, and I had some credibility. Um, but even there, you know, being around guys like Antoine Bethea and – some really good, some really good vets, Leon Hall, and you know those those guys. We just really hit it off, and um, even like Richard Sherman, who I still talk to. It's just like I said, man. I've been really fortunate. Guys really kind of looked out for me, and then as I climbed up, I um, I gained some real great experience. Coach, it seems like you've earned great respect for some great players. I love hearing those names, by the way, especially Revis. A lot of our home guys love that guy. Coach, uh, are you more of a defensive-minded coach? Uh, is BC – do you want to take BC to be this defensive team or do you want to, you know, look at the other side and, and, and look for that great quarterback? I know you got this guy coming back another year. Um, are you are you more of a defensive-minded, tough, hit-you-in-the-mouth kind of coach or, you know, what, 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 where do you want your program to go? as far as BC goes right now? Because I know a lot of people are listening in Boston. Yeah, I just, I just want to win. And whatever we have, I'll, I'll, I'll work with it. This year, we, we got a quarterback who transferred in who was really, really good. And we were explosive on offense. We have some really good receivers. Um, so I wanted to throw the ball down the field because I knew we could. Uh, there might be times where I feel like we need to run the ball more. I'm, I'm a defensive guy. That's what I do. I'm heavily involved in the defense every week and every game. Um, so I want to be smart. I want to limit possessions. I want to take the ball away. And, yeah, I want to be the hardest, toughest, most physical, highest effort team out there because it's what I believe in. Um, 
you know, but offensively, I want to look at what we have and adapt and, and score points because that's what you have to do to win football games. But I spent most of my time on the defense, but you're not, you know, I don't think you're ever going to see the same thing year in and year out. I think we'll continue to take a look at what we have and, and try to work with it the best we can. But we got a quarterback who's got a chance to be a high draft pick. He's got three more years left, and I think he's going to be one of the best in the country as we keep going. So you talked about wanting to win. What coaches like do you look up to or do you try to model yourself after? There's all these coaching trees now between, you know, back in the day Bill Walsh and Andy Reid and Bill Belichick. Like who do you who do you look at and say, I would love to be recognized along with him? Well, I think the biggest thing in coaching what, what I've learned is I've been fortunate, right? Dave Wansack gave me such a big opportunity. I was twenty six years old and he hired me to coach the secondary at Pitt. I was with him for five years. He had a big NFL background, the way he treated people, the way he treated our staff, even the way he treated our wives. I've tried to take a lot away from every every guy that I work for. Kyle Shanahan, so demanding. You better be on every single detail. Mike Petton defensively, a ton of respect for him. I mean, the list goes on and on. I think for me, the biggest mistake coaches make is they they try to be somebody they're not. Right, And I just try to be the same guy that I am, that I've always been. I feel like I'm a normal guy. Um, coach Division Three football, line fields, never played at the highest level. So I just, I, I just don't want to change. I don't want to all of a sudden think I'm this guy and start to act this way or that way. I just learned a lot of good things from a lot of good people. I tried to take some from here or there, and and just make sure I just stay true to myself, really. Coach, that's great. You're, you're so easy to like. Uh, um, everyone's rooting for you back here. It's it's, it's really a great story, um, Coach. How do you think uh, BC uh, has a future in the ACC as far as going up against Clemson and Miami and North Carolina? Um, Do you see BC on the rise? Because I felt like you you guys really showed up this year. Uh, Your energy and attitude obviously is is so apparent. Um, do, Do you see BC being able to maybe get to that next level uh, under your guidance? Well, yeah, if you look back at just really my first year here without a training exactly. camp. No, no, no pressure, Coach. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I just because you, you just brought up some really good points. So we got we got here. We were picked 15th in the ACC. People thought we'd win one or two games. I really didn't know what we had. We went home. We didn't have, you know, we didn't have much time together. We, we lost to North Carolina by not making a two-point conversion at the end of the game. We went out 28-13 in Death Valley and, and almost pulled it off at the end of the game. Um, Notre Dame beat us by two touchdowns. We played the number one and number two teams in the, in the country in really back-to-back weeks. Um, we competed. We won six games, more in the ACC than they had since 2009. Absolutely. I think it's one of the best, best academic schools in the country that plays Power 5 football. So do I think we can win? I think we show we can compete. Now we got to go knock one of those guys off. So until we do that, it's all talk, right? But... We yeah, went out no, there, we battled and competed. But I'm, I think we can be a top 25 program consistently and go on one of those magical runs and uh, see where we can take this thing. Yeah, and I will say, Coach, in the Northeast, there's really not a lot of competition as far as recruiting. Um, and I know you, you've been touted as a really big-time recruiter in college football from your Ohio State days. Uh, they, you know, they said you – one of the best recruiters in the country. Uh, Penn State has kind of fallen off a little bit. I'm hoping maybe you can come down and uh, 
pick some pick some Bosco Giants that are going into the Big Ten, and maybe you can uh, establish a little uh, recruiting North Jersey area too as well. Yeah, we, you know, we'll definitely hit Jersey hard. Hit I, 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 hard. I know you have Rutgers ties as well. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I spent one year at Rutgers and then two at Tampa with Coach Chiano, who does an awesome job, and he'll get that thing cranked up there. Um, what I've learned is, though, the, the BC brand is powerful. Um, the academic reputation from California to coast to coast. Um, we brought two kids in from Alabama last year, two kids from Texas, two kids from Illinois, um, Florida. So we're kind of, I'm trying to go national a little bit. I still want to recruit close to home, but, you know, if we can find an academic fit who values some of the things that we do here, I want to go fight the fight. And if we, you know, we flip the kid who was committed to Florida, we flip the kid who was committed to South Carolina late, and I want to go recruit against the big people. We beat Stanford on the number one kid in the state of Mass who had Penn State and Michigan. I just keep saying to the staff, go fight, man. If you lose 50 and win two, I'm good with it. Just go compete and see what we can do. Well, I got to tell you the truth. Your, your passion for what you do day in and day out oozes like through the phone right now as you're talking, I want to go play for you. And, and it, it has to resonate with the recruits and the program has to feel so good about where they are and where they're going right now. I wanted to ask you quickly. So in terms of coaching, give us a behind the scenes look as, at what goes into it, because I feel like a lot of people see the finished product and they see you play on Saturdays and they see the efforts and the wins and the losses, but they don't see the hours of tape. They don't see everything that goes into putting a game plan together. They don't see the time away from your family. How hard is it being a, a coach at this level? Yeah, it's hard. It's, it's very time consuming and you, and you have to have a family and a wife who understand that when the season starts, you're, you're rarely going to see them. Um, if you start, if you just take a look at the week on Sunday, I mean, you're in, you don't have a day off. So it's seven days a week. You start on Sunday, you meet with the team, you get to your game plan. And usually you're probably home, you know, nine, 10 at night and you wake up early, usually hear about it about five thirty, six AM. And, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday's a grind. And it's, it's 6 a.m. in your office until, for some guys, 10 o'clock at night. You know, I try to get people home to their families. I try to get them home for dinner on uh, Thursdays and Fridays because that's really important to me. Some staffs don't do that. Um, but then Friday night, you're, you're traveling or you're in a team hotel. You play on Saturday. Hopefully you get a noon game so you can enjoy the win with your family. If not, it's a, a, quick, a quick little victory celebration, hopefully, and then you're back at it Sunday. So the sacrifice that especially the assistants and the staff and the younger coaches make um, yeah, seven days a week from the start of training camp. You look forward to your bye week where you get a couple of days. You got to have a great wife and uh, your kids got to understand that you're not going to see them too much during the season. You know, I'll be honest with you though. I, I've kind of, I've got away from that a little bit. Um, you know, I want the kids around. I want them at practice. I want my family in the office a lot. And then when I'm, I get in real early, but when I feel like I'm getting tired or done, I go home and I see them. Because earlier in my career, I was sleeping in the office, and I'm not going to be that guy who doesn't spend time with my kids and my wife. Love it. Coach, that's, that sounds great. Like Platt said, man, it's, it's oozing out of you uh, as far as like a coaching level. Um, do you actually look at um, Boston as, as they embrace – the Boston College Golden Eagles. I know I've been to a game. The last time I was up there, Clemson played BC. Matt Ryan broke my heart. Uh, are, are, is the city and are, are the fans embracing the, this new regime of Coach Jeff Halfley, 
really putting BC on the map because it really is a big part of college football. And you you know, I know you've been at Ohio State, you've been at plenty of campuses um, in the Northeast. It doesn't, <clears throat> you know, it's more of a professional town. But are you seeing the, the, the city, Chestnut Hill, embracing this Boston College new regime of yours? I think so. I think Tom Brady left at the perfect time, so it opened up the, <laughs> the door a little bit. Um, yeah, the, you, you know, we, we couldn't have anybody at games this year. So, literally, there was nobody at our games. But I will tell you, the excitement level when I walk around campus or walk around the city, people are pumped. Um, and I think you'll see when we get back to next year, I think they'll fill up the stadiums. And there's truly a level of excitement. And I want people to get involved. I want the city to get involved. I want the youth leagues to get involved. Because like we talked about earlier, that's what it's all about. And I'm excited to see what we can do with that, too. So you talked about all these incredible players that you've coached over the years. Who, and I'm going to put you on the spot right now, who do you think on the defensive side of the ball was the best player you ever coached? And I know they play different positions, and I know Sherman plays cornerback and Chase Young plays D-line. Who do you think is the most special player you've ever coached? I think it's Revis and Sherm, and those two can argue it out. I think they're two different types of corners. I think if you want to play man all day long, I think Revis might be the best to ever play the game. And if you want to play three deep and zone coverage and read routes and see things and jump things, I think Sherm is probably the best to ever do that. Um, but the way they compete on the field and their mindsets and how different they are than every other person I've seen practice or compete is just different, which is why they're both going to be Hall of Famers. And the amount of football that I've learned from those two, I've probably learned more from those two than I've learned from any coach I've ever been around. So just probably combine those two are probably the best that I've ever had the opportunity to be with. Coach, as a Giant fan, I have one picture up with uh, Darrell Revis behind behind my bar, and people ask me, well, I thought you were a Giant fan. I said, yeah, but there was nobody like Darrell Revis. He's a Hall of Famer, and I'm honored to have my picture with him, so you can just pipe down after that. But anyway, Coach, it was so awesome for you to join us today. I really appreciate – we both really appreciate a few minutes. Uh, It was nice reminiscing as well. Uh, We'd love to have you back on. We're going to be big fans of BC, all the Cowboy fans and Mustang fans and even the Lakers. We're uh, we're all rooting for you. And uh, Best of luck to you. I I appreciate it, guys. I appreciate you having me on. and I'm I'm fired up to get back home to Montpelier and – some things I have it and get back into Davies and uh, yeah I'd be happy to come on again though I appreciate the time and I hope you guys are both doing well Thanks. by the way coach yeah absolutely coach I'll see you in Death Valley on October 2nd all right man I'll get you down on the field if you wear the right color Uh, I I already I I saved your uh, tweet so you better live up to that all right (laughs) all right I'll talk to you guys soon have a great day coach